Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, October 8th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'll be taking you guys through the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. Hope everyone's doing really well. Uh, we got Thanksgiving, obviously, coming up this weekend for us Canadians. So to any Canadians listening, hope you guys have a great weekend. But uh, I still got the show to do today, of course. So we'll start with Bellator today. I'll do Bellator 248 and Bellator Paris previews. There's two cards this weekend. It's like a split card. It's kind of weird, but two cards this weekend. So I'll be previewing both of those cards. We have full odds up for them, thankfully. Um, quite a bit of news, actually. GSP's in the news. Mike Perry, of course, is in the news again. A couple of fighters got caught from the UFC. Fire tested positive for marijuana. Got suspended again. <laughs> so stupid. Um, and some fight announcements. So... Got a lot to talk about. First thing I want to do, though, is plug Tuesday's episode of the podcast with myself and Cole Shelton. We broke down the entirety of UFC Fight Night this weekend, Corey Sanhagen versus Marlon Marais. So definitely check that out on Tuesday if you missed the episode. We broke down all 13 fights on the card. All right, so let's get into today's show. Like I said, I'm going to start with Bellator because we got two cards this weekend and uh, quite a bit to talk about. I'm just looking at the odds right now. If you go to uh, bestfightodds.com, we got everything for Bellator, so we got, uh, let's see here, 12 odds, 12 fights with odds, so a lot to talk about. Again, it's kind of a, it's kind of weird. They do like a split card. I'm not really sure why they do this, but either way, we got Bellator 248, so I'll start with that. Bellator 248, I'll pull up on the second screen here, guys, for you. Let's do that one second here. This should work. Yep, there we go. Okay, so let's pull it up. What a topology, good old trusty topology. So, see, yeah, I mean, like, they have it kind of mixed up here on topology. It's not really their fault. But if you go to best fight odds, it's uh, separated. Hey, Cole. Cole's in here. Hey. Love this guy. This is this guy. This is my guy right here. This guy's going to be the next Ariel Hawani or something like that. Better than Ariel Hawani, man. He's killing it. So follow this kid because he is the man. And he's right. Like, why are they doing two shows? It's it's very strange, Cole. I'm with you on this one, man. All right. So you go into it and we'll pull the odds for uh, – There's like, again, there's two cards. So I'm going to start with the top one here. They have it called Bellator 248 MVP versus Houston. we got four fights with odds. I'll start with this one. Alan Omar versus Ryan Scope, which actually is not a bad fight. Pull it up here. Ryan Scope and Alan Omer. All right, we'll start with Alan Omer. So we got him here. Alan Omer actually fought in the UFC twice. He's 23 and 5 in his career, 32 years old. You look at his record, he had two fights in the UFC, as you can see here. He fought Jim Ayler's to a really close split decision, very close fight. And then he got submitted by Alan Allen and got cut. And that was actually a pretty competitive fight. He lost in the third round of submission. Since then, he won five straight fights. Couple notable names: Robbie Peralta, former UFC fighter; Jay Z, Calvin Conte, a longtime strike force fighter, veteran of the sport. So he's fought a couple decent guys. Five straight wins. Uh, you look at Ryan Scopier's opponents: ten and three, twenty years old. He's coming off two straight losses, though, so it's kind of questionable matchmaking. He's actually lost three of his last four fights. His lone win there against Michael LeBeau, who's a former UFC fighter as well by split decision. But you look at the last fight against Peter Quelly, got knocked out, lost the split decision to Patricky Pitbull. I don't know, man. Like, I'm looking at the odds here, guys, and right now we have Omer minus uh, – not all the books have it, but, uh, you know, Bet Online has it, minus 275, Scope plus 235. So, right now I I'm kind of feeling uh, Alan Omer in this fight just based on momentum. Five straight wins compared to the two straight losses for Quilly or um, for uh, Scope, who just lost to Quilly. I can't pick a guy like that. I, I feel like this is a fight that Alan Omer should win. 
I think Bellator signed this guy because they like him and they, and they think they're giving him a favorable matchup here in his debut. So give me Alan Omer, guys. Minus 275, I mean, it, it might seem high for a guy that you might know, not know about, but I have seen him fight before. He's a decent fighter, and I believe he wins this fight. Uh, question is, does he win by stoppage or by decision? I don't think it matters. I think he wins this fight, though. Uh, Bellator, typically, a lot of people parlay their fighters, and I think this is a guy you could consider parlaying this weekend if you want to make a bet because he is more proven than a lot of the other guys we're going to talk about in a few minutes here. This guy has fought in the UFC, and he is a decent fighter. Another guy that I think a lot of people parlay, I mean, I don't like the odds on it, but Mads Brunel, Brunel uh, minus 700 right now against uh, Darko Banovich, who's plus 500. You look at uh, this fight. Mads Burnell, this guy should be in the UFC. He is a very good fighter. 13-3 record, 26 years old from Denmark. Look at this recent run he's on. Four straight wins, including two Japanese neckties. I mean, this guy is really good on the ground. He's got great submission skills. He's a guy that I think the UFC cut too soon. Actually, he's got three Japanese neckties in his career. That's insane. So this guy's ground game is ridiculous. Look, Bravo choke, Anaconda choke, armbar. But you look at the UFC run he had. The Michelle Prezeris fight, first off, Prezeris actually is an underrated fighter too. He got submitted by him, it happens. He beats Mike Santiago, who's not really a UFC caliber fighter, and then he loses to Arnold Allen. He was dominating that fight. He was up 2018, and then he lost in the third round by submission. But I am really high on this guy. When he became a free agent, I thought the UFC should have got him back, but Bellator got him. I think he's a guy that could definitely contend for Bellator's title at uh, 145. He's the former Cage Warriors champ. I think he's a great fighter. So. I really like him here. I mean, Banovich, you look at his record, 17-7, a lot of experience. They call him the Face Smasher, which is a pretty cool nickname, 29 years old. Um, but you look at the, the recent run, I mean, it's kind of inconsistent. And who's he? who are these guys? Like, the guy you just beat is 0-6. The guy before that's 1-9. I mean, these guys are not good, 5-10. And, and you just look through his resume, and, like, he, he really hasn't beaten anyone notable. And the guys he's beaten are just pretty awful. So... I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out this one, guys. Brunel's going to win this fight. I think he wins by submission. I don't know if there's odds up or there will be odds as far as props go, but I believe Brunel wins this fight by stoppage. So I would definitely consider that prop if it comes out. I, I don't see Banovich surviving for three rounds. I think he gets submitted. Um, I don't think he's been submitted in his career, but Brunel's going to change that, I believe. This guy is seriously a really dangerous guy on the ground. All right, let's go to the next fight here. Oliver Ankamp, another UFC veteran against Emmanuel Dawa and right now we have Encamp minus 205 Dawa plus 165 so you pull up Encamp here where is Mr. Arias Oliver Encamp 9 and 2 record they call him the future 29 years old now he's another guy that had a tough run in the UFC he lost two fights he lost to Noreen Talab who's a decent fighter I think he's retired now Danny Roberts he got stopped by I think that's why they cut him because Danny Roberts is very inconsistent Having said that, look at his two wins since then, since Bellator signed him. Beat this guy, Walter Gahazda, by uh, naked choke, and they beat Lewis Long by spinning backfist. So he's been hot. And I feel like Bellator got picked up another good young fighter here in gang camp. I mean, he's not that old, 29. So I think this was a good pickup for him. I and mean, this guy's been impressive since coming over from the UFC. Takes on Emmanuel Dawa here, 93 record. He will be fighting at home. Obviously, this fight's in France, but first thing that sticks out, 35 years old. Second thing that sticks out, I mean, who has he fought? No one. Like, you look at his, his resume, and he's been fighting in these like smaller shows in France and stuff. And that's the other thing. Uh, this is not the first MMA show in France. It's the first Bellator MMA show in France. It's not the first MMA show in France. They have did MMA cards in France. So that, that narrative's out there right now. That's not true. 
But anyways, this guy, I mean, who's he beating? Nobody's, right? So, uh, you know, I know Encamp, he didn't have a good run in the UFC. People are probably a little bit sour on him, but I'm pretty sure he wins this fight, guys. A lot younger, really dangerous. I'm picking Oliver Encamp here, and considering this guy's been knocked out a couple times, I think it's definitely a chance this guy could get a stoppage. Uh, again, you know, I expect a lot of people to parlay Bellator this weekend. Uh, and I think all three of these favorites win. I'm not saying go crazy on it, but, you know, I, I do believe they all win so far. And then the last fight here, main event of this card, Bellator 248, we got Michael Venom Page, MVP against Ross Houston. So look at the odds right now. It's uh, Michael Page minus 240, Ross Houston plus 180. So I actually like this fight. It's a good fight. Michael Page he's a very interesting guy i'll say that uh when he's on he is fun to watch there's no doubt about it this guy has amazing striking i've always been impressed by his striking everyone has been you look through his resume guys it's he's the real deal as far as the striking goes I and mean, he's been belt over seven years but that's the problem i have with him look at the favorable matchmaking over the years like look at the guys he started fighting in 2013 belt he fought a couple of guys that you know you haven't really heard of then he fights ricky rainey ufc veteran now Sean Burrell, UFC veteran, somewhat kind of getting steps up, but not really. And then he's fighting guys like Rudy Bears, Charles Ontiveros, and Jeremy Hall. Like, these guys are just okay. He smashes Evangelista Cyborg. He beats Gonzalez by split, beats Rickles, beats Daly. And then Belter's like, you know what? We're going to give him Douglas Lima. And he fights in the tournament and gets destroyed. Gets destroyed by Douglas Lima. Um, I think Douglas was the underdog in that fight. Uh, the same card, Pitbull knocked out Chandler. I had them both as dogs, if I'm not mistaken. And maybe he wasn't. I can't remember. But um, either way, he got destroyed in that fight and since then won three straight fights. So this is a guy that it's it's he's interesting. I mean, he's 33 now, and he's fought mostly Kansas in his career. And the one legitimate superstar fighter he fought, he got destroyed by. So I don't know what to think about Michael, Michael Page. Like, I'd like to see him get another step up if he wins this fight, but... At the same time, you know, Bellator seems to just enjoy giving him guys that he should beat. And then we saw what happened when he fought someone really, really good in Douglas Lima. Even the Paul Daly fight was super close. That was a five-round fight, super close fight. But there's no doubt his striking is good. Anyways, this Ross Houston guy, though, I mean, he's interesting, guys. Like, 8-0, he's a Scottish fighter, SBG guy, 8-0 and 1-0 contest. The last fight, Nicholas Dalby was a no contest. I can't believe this fight was this long ago. It was a year and a half ago. Uh, it was a no contest because the cage was so bloody and the mat was so bloody, the fighters could not stand and the fight had to be called off. I think it was Mark Goddard. Let me check. Referee Mark Goddard, yeah. Mark Goddard called the fight to a no contest because literally the guys couldn't stand the cage. There was so much blood. This guy's interesting, guys. You know, look at his resume. Obviously, the, the competition hasn't been amazing. And the Dolby fight, you wish you would have won that. It would look better on him. But, you know, still, I mean, undefeated guy with a lot of experience now. Um, he's only been fighting for four years, but he's looked good. Michael Page probably wins this fight, but of the four, yeah, here we are. I think people want to take a shot on Houston as an undefeated guy, personally. But uh, you know, I, th I think it's dog or pass, guys. Honestly, I think Houston can win this fight. Uh, it'd be interesting, but I think he can possibly wrestle Michael Page. At the same time, it's hard to bet against Michael Page. Because he usually does win his fights, except for the Douglas Lima fight. But I don't know. I just don't trust him, guys, honestly. Uh, I think it's dog or pass, personally. I, I think I think I'll pass, but I know some people want to take a shot in the dog. I just I wouldn't go crazy on Michael Page. Kinshiro's in the chat. Hey Kinshiro, how's it going? Good morning. Betting on Beltor fights, playing with a yo-yo. Gotta pick your spots, bro. Just like UFC, man. I know UFC's a little 
I wouldn't I wouldn't say easier at all. I mean, they're both hard. Like betting is hard. Betting's not easy at all. Um, but UFC obviously guys have more of a sample size, and then a lot of these guys in Bellator. I think some of the guys I just talked about in this Bellator 248 card, they do have sample sizes we can talk about. Like a guy like Oliver Incamp, we saw him fight in the UFC. Mads Burnell, we saw him fight in the UFC. Guys like that, Alan Omer, Michael Page, obviously. But the next card here, Bellator uh, Paris. Again, it's the same card, it's a split show, but Bellator Paris has a lot more guys we haven't really heard of before. So let's get right into it. Bellator Paris. And I'm looking at the odds here again. Best fight odds outcome has them. We'll start at the uh, bottom work right up. Terry Brazier against Eves Landu. Brazier minus 300, Landu plus 250. So let's look at these guys. Terry Brazier is a guy that I personally was pretty high on coming into Bellator. He's 11 and 3 in his career. They call him the Dominator. 33 years old now, though. So he's kind of had a late start, I think, to his Bellator run here. And so far in Bellator, not that impressive. Uh, one and two. Beat Alessandro Botti by American, which was nice, but also lost to Soren back and Chris Bunger. And I believe he was favored in those fights. So he's a guy that's been losing as a favorite, which is not good. I don't like that at all. Um, having said that before that, he had some really nice wins. Uh, no one really notable, but the way he was winning was pretty impressive. And Bama especially, uh, he was, I believe, the champion there, if I'm mistaken. And he beat Reese McKee, who's in the UFC now. So Reese McKee's in the UFC. He just fought Kamzai, got knocked out or whatever, submitted. Can't remember what happened. He got destroyed. Um but the TKO, I think, actually. Anyways, this guy, Brazier, is, is not bad, but it's it's just hard to trust him now after the run in Bellator, one and two. You take a look at Landu, though, 15-8 record, 34 years old. Another guy from France who's, unfortunately, I think, kind of come to Bellator a little bit late. He's coming off a loss in Ryzen by stoppage. Before that, had won four straight fights, which is nice to see. Um, again, you know, not a lot of notable competition throughout his career, but a guy with a lot of fights. My lean here is Brazier, but... I don't trust him minus 300 at all. Not even close. It's one of these fights where you could take a shot in the dog here just as a fade on Brazier, who hasn't been impressive. I still think Brazier probably gets the job done here, guys. Probably grinds this guy out, Landu. But uh, it's very hard to trust him after the run he's had in Bellator. Ken Shiro says, as a degenerate gambler, we are fully know all gamblers are majority losing money throughout their lifetime unless you're very disciplined controlled. Dude, this is 100% true. 100% true. Most people lie about what they're winning and losing on social media. Do not believe most people. Like Ken Shiro says, the people that are winning are people that have extremely good discipline and bankroll management. It's very hard sometimes. It's something I've had problems with through my, my, my career as a gambler too. You know, Discipline's always been an issue for me personally. But uh, the last couple of years definitely changed. So um I'm, i think that's really good advice though for sure for sure you know it's it's nice to have action on the fights guys but you got to be smart with your money too and sure says i love how bell tours on thursday or uh, early saturday afternoon i can wake and watch top three <laughs> separate times absolutely i think this card is during the morning slash afternoon so you'll have time to watch that ufc Corey hit sanhagen marais card which is the much better card obviously anyway so that fight's done again lean for zero but no way you bet him guys it's dogger pass Next up, this fight, William Gomez against Dylan Logan. Let's be honest here, guys. We don't know much about them. Uh, William Gomez here, 6-2 and two record, Punisher, 23 years old. I like that. Look at his record. Um, four straight wins. Again, you know, fighting in the French regional scene, essentially. Um, hasn't really fought anyone notable. In the last two guys, he's fought 11 and 17-27, and 17-19. So guys with experience, but guys aren't that great. Dylan Logan here, 4-4, four and four, SPG guy. He's coming off a submission loss in Bellator. He's actually overall two and one in Bellator. One of these guys has been fighting their European cards. I mean, how do you bet on this fight, right? How can you? Like, you don't know much about either guy. I don't personally. 
And it's just not a fight that stands out to me for bet. I have to talk about it because there's odds, though, obviously. But there's no way I would bet on this fight or recommend betting on this fight between two guys with, let's be honest, a very small sample size. Uh, my lean would be the favorite Gomez, but no bet. Next up, Sal Rogers against RB Mezadov. This one's kind of interesting. Sal Rogers is a guy that he could be in the UFC right now. Uh, he's 13-3 in his career, 30 years old. Now, you look at his Bellator run, it's not good. One and one. Well, B. Aiden Lee, who, let's be honest, who's that? And then he lost to Daniel Weichel, who's a great fighter, very underrated fighter. But you look back at his running ultimate fighter here, guys, and I don't know who Paulo Bor is, but he beat Billy Quarantillo and he beat Ryan Hall and he beat Marcin Warziak. Then he beat Andre Winter after the, the show Ultimate Fighter. He didn't get a contract with the UFC, though. They didn't bring him in. But you look at those quality of wins. Quarantillo and Hall, those are two solid wins. I know this guy's kind of regressed a little bit in his career. I think his confidence probably got hurt when the UFC didn't pick him up. I know he's had some other issues as well. But overall, I mean, this guy's a pretty impressive fighter, I think, guys. Anyway, sticks on this guy, RB Mezadov here, 13-3. That's a cool nickname, Alpha Wolf. Awesome nickname. 28 years old, Austrian fighter. Again, you look at him. He's actually won um, nine of his last 10 fights. The lone loss to Ludovic Klein, who we all know is incredible. I love the guy. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, got to go with Rogers based on the experience. But this guy is definitely interesting. I mean, again, the level of competition is not great. But I got to pick Rogers here. And, again, you got to pick your spots on these Bellator cards, guys. There's, there's 12 fights to bet on, but, I mean, I you at most want to bet on like a third of those fights, I think. Not half, not not three quarters, like maybe a third of them because there is a lot of randomness on these uh, European cards in Bellator sometimes with the prelims. Um, next fight is Gene Nadoy against Syrian Clark. Pull these guys out. And right now, Nadoy minus 240, Clark plus 190. So Nadoy, where is he? Eight and one record. And I will say this. It's nice to have these new French prospects, right? Like, we don't know much about these guys. Maybe some of these guys are really good. I hope so. Hope so for Bellator's sake. This guy, Gene Nadoy, he's the favorite here. Eight and one records, 33 years old. Unfortunately, again, another guy that's, because France is kind of slow to the game in MMA, these guys kind of, you know, coming to the forefront of older age. But he is coming off three straight wins in Cage Warriors by submission. Um, Non-title fights, but still, I mean, that's pretty impressive. And he takes on this guy, Clark, here. Two and no record. SPG guy again. A lot of the SPG guys on this card. They they have a relationship with John Cavanaugh, obviously. 2-0 in Bellator. Um, he actually has some interesting amateur fights, including this guy, Magomed Magomedov. So that's an interesting one. But, you know, looking back at this fight, I think you got to lean towards Nadoy, but again, how can you go crazy on it, right? No real big wins and not a lot, not a big sample size either. But I do lean towards him just based on experience alone. He's got nine fights, the other guy's got two fights. Next up, we have Magu Bershaw against Lucy Bertod. And right now, Bershaw minus 350, Bertod plus 285. <laughs> I don't know how you bet on this fight either, guys. You look at these girls, and uh, wow, I mean, 10 4 and 1 for uh, Bershaw. Again, she is the favorite in this fight. But how could you lay minus 350 on this girl? How could you? Don't do it. Don't do it. Friends don't let friends bet minus 350 on random women's fighters. Don't do it, guys. And she's coming off a loss, too. Two of her last three fights are losses. Um, she does have some experience fighting for TKO against Lindsay Garbad, who's, a, I believe, a Canadian fighter. Yep, lethal Lindsay Garbad. So I, I know her a little bit. So I guess that's somewhat of a normal name. But overall, she hasn't really fought anyone great. And, again, lost two of her last three fights. Minus 350 favorite. 
That's weird. Lucy Bertone, two and two record. Very pretty woman, 35 years old. But again, two and two. She has fought in uh, Titan FC. She's got a random resume too. Look at this. She fought in Too Hot to Handle against Jermaine Duran and me in 2006. Too Hot to Handle is, a, I believe, a Dutch promotion. They do kickboxing. She got knocked down 36 seconds by Duran 14 years ago when she was 21 years old. Since then, she's two and two. She started fighting MMA in 2016. This could be a dog spot, honestly. I, I would rather put a few bucks on Bertod. Personally, I'm just going to pass because I don't know enough about these two fighters, but this is a dogger pass. I mean, this girl does have some experience, obviously, and you know, just the fact that she's fought someone like Jermaine all those years ago is uh, is something interesting to, to look at. So for me, that's dogger pass, but I'm probably going to pass. I just think if you know someone really wanted to put action on it, you cannot lay minus 350. And you look at this. This is the the <laughs> the number 1,465 pound for pound woman in Western Europe. Don't bet on this fight. <laughs> Next up, we got Dominique Wooding against Fabrique Diata. Dominique Wooding, six and three, and I should say Wooding, minus 135, Diata plus 115. Wooding, Black Panther, another cool nickname, six and three, 24 years old. Look at his resume again. Another guy coming off a couple, like a uh, string of uh, inconsistency, one and two in his last three fights. Does have some nice wins. In Bama, with his flying knee and punches, he got a punch in Bellator knockout. But overall, I mean, this is an inconsistent record. You look at this, like win loss, you know, win two, lose one. It's those are guys I don't like to bet on. Uh Diada here, six and oh. Six and oh, 23 years old. Um, French fighter. Again, six and oh. I like that. Undefeated. Only been fighting for four years for this uh, hundred percent promotion. I believe this is Dogger Pass too. I would say it's Dogger Pass. This one could be interesting. Maybe look into this one a little bit more. This Diada guy, again, undefeated fighter is an underdog, and he's really young. Take a look at this guy. That'll be my pick for this one, guys. I'll take a dog on this one. But, you know, again, you can't go crazy because I don't know enough about these guys. I don't think any of us do, let's be honest. Next up, uh, Ilias Boulade against Ivan Nakari. Wow, the odds on this one are crazy. Boulade minus 500. And Nakari plus 375. Wow, that's crazy. So let's check a look at these guys. And how, again, how the hell do you lay minus 500 in this dude? The Blade, 2 and 0. 2 and 0, and you're going to lay minus 500 on him. Nope. 25 years old. He's coming off two straight wins in Bellator. He's looked good. And he's got a lot of kickboxing experience, of course. Uh, he's fought some pretty decent guys here. But again, two fights, and he's minus 500. Nakari, he's got even less experience. One fight, 0 and 1. He lost. One time, time fight, you lost by submission. I don't even understand the matchmaking here. I I, I guess this Boulay guy is going to win. I mean, the books are suggesting he's going to probably destroy this dude, but there's no way in hell they minus 500 in this guy. No no chance. Now, the fight everyone wants to talk about here on this card, Tim Johnson versus Chia Kongutsu. This is the main event. I should mention uh, Cole did a really good interview with Tim Johnson. So definitely check that out. He did it on the BJ Penn Just Scrap Radio. Go check that out. That was a really good interview with, with uh, Tim Johnson. He's had a nice little like uh, resurgence, I think, in Bellator. So let's talk about this fight here. This is a good fight. I like this fight. Now, Chia Congo is the best French fighter in MMA ever. Uh, he had a long run in the UFC. He's had a long run in Bellator. And to be honest with you, he's looked really good in Bellator over the years. He's 45 years old now, but we all know Chia Congo. He looks like he's 30 years old. The guy's always had an incredible physique. He has KO power. He's got good knees from the clinch. He's able to wrestle guys. Sometimes his fights are boring. There's no doubt about that. But look at his resume. It's 
And Bellator, it's been great. He does have a couple losses early in his Bellator run to Minikov and Lawal, but since then, you know, he's it's it's just been win win win. You know, he beat Volkov. That's a nice win. He beat uh, Augusto Sakai, Tim Johnson. He knocked him a Minikov. I mean, Chia Kong was underrated. People don't respect him enough. He's a really good fighter. He's a guy that you look at his end of his UFC run. And I remember when he got knocked by Roy, uh, Roy Nelson. I picked him in that one, uh, Roy Nelson. And I, I expected Chia Kong to get cut because I thought he was done. That was seven years ago when he was 38. Seven years later, he's still winning fights. I know the Ryan Bader fight was kind of weird with the eye pokes and everything. No contest. But technically, he's still on a what is it? A nine fight unbeaten streak. So that is impressive, especially age 45. Having said that, and I know he beat Tim Johnson the first time out. I think Tim Johnson has a much better chance to win this fight now. Tim Johnson, you look at him and, you know, he's got, doesn't have a great record, 14-6, doesn't have the greatest physique, 35 years old, but there's something about this guy I like. And, you know, he's training in Las Vegas now. He trains with Nagano. He trains with Nagano every day. So he's training with good guys. He trains with Roy Nelson too. He's training with really good fighters there in Las Vegas. Uh, you know, I watched Cole's interview and he just had, he's having his first trial, I think, next week. So that's a lot of motivation to come out there and win. He obviously got KO'd the first time. First fight in brutal fashion, and then he got killed by Minikov. Since then, though, something's changed with this guy. He's he's looked really good this year. Massive underdog win here at Terrell Fortune, and then once again an underdog win against Matt Mitchell. He's looked really good. He's got big power. You know, I don't like betting against Chia Kong and Bellator because if you have been, you've been losing tons of money. This guy Chia Kong has been money in Bellator, but I think Tim Johnson can win this fight, guys. So, you know, look at the odds right now. Chia Kong minus 150, Tim Johnson plus 120. I think those odds are pretty fair. You know, I think Chia Kong should be fair considering he was the winner the first time, but he's 45 now. Tim Johnson's 35. 10-year difference, and Tim Johnson's got a lot of momentum coming into this fight. I'm going to go with the upset here. I'll take Tim Johnson, guys. I think you can actually finish Chia Kong in this fight. Now, don't go crazy because we saw what happened the first time these guys fought, and he got brutally knocked out. But I just like how Tim Johnson's looked, and I will take him at plus 120. I do think he can win this fight. Get some comments now. I'm going to turn that page off. There we go. Kichiro, MMA betting is way better than betting horse racing or boxing, which is unreliable. Watch out for MMA fighters who dive and connect in Mr. Putin. That's funny. I like MMA betting too, but, you know, there's – I think, for instance, basketball is a good sport to bet on. Uh, money lines anyways. Uh, but, you know, in general, as we all know, Kenshiro, you're a sports better yourself. It's – it's up and down, man. It's up and down. But the, the good guys are able to keep discipline and pick their spots. That's the number one piece of advice I could ever give someone who ever got into it. Pick your spots. And that's what I do tell my friends there. Hey, you know, who should I put money on tonight? You know, which fight should I bet on? I'm like, here's a couple guys to look at. Don't bet on every fight because if you do that, you're going to lose long term. Marcus Williams, he says to Cole, a lot of things Belter makes no sense. Just like Corey Anderson being paired against Melvin Mann, who first Belter debut. I will talk about that uh, at the end of the show, Marcus, when I do the fight announcements and news. Uh, <laughs> Kinshiro says, whatever juice Chiek is using at the age, I want some of that too because he's never been stronger skilled at age 45 than at age 30. This is crazy. It's incredible, man. It's incredible. He looks amazing. He's always looked amazing. I mean, there's no doubt about it. His his physique is just, it, it's 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 eye-opening. I'm like, wow. Like, I'm 32. I don't look anything like this guy at all. I mean, I would never will look like him. You know, he's 45. He looks like he's 30 years old. He looks like a Greek god. He... Physically is an impressive fighter. Tim Johnson, actually, it's funny because Cole posted his, uh, his interview with Tim Johnson on Facebook. I don't know if you saw the comment, but some guy posted uh, one of those pictures of those old school like uh, circus guys with a mustache, you know, and, and he's got the, the weights. I thought it was so funny. He kind of does look like Tim Johnson. Kong was, Kong was developed a really good wrestling and he'll wrestle on Tim Johnson, maybe. But I think Tim's kind of 
uh, turn the corner, guys. I really have, you know. And again, training with Nagano every day. That is good training. Kevin Scott, bet for fun, not to supplement your income. That's true, too. You can make in income off of it. It's difficult, but some guys have. You know, some guys are, are really good at it. All right. All right. So, anyways, that's it for Belter. If anyone else has any comments about those Belter cards, throw them in there. And I'll, of course, answer them. But let's get to some news here. Um, GSP. GSP's been doing the rounds this week. He interviewed uh, Aaron Brosser, interviewed him, and, and uh, ESPN interviewed him. So, he's been going around. And he talked about the Khabib fight. And he says, like, it's something that he probably would have been more into a few years ago than now. But uh, there's still a chance that a fight could happen. And it seems like if it does happen, it'd probably be like a 165-pound catchweight fight. I know Frost, the hobbies mentioned in the past. I am interested in this fight, guys. Not as much as I once was, though, you know. I would have been more interested in a few years ago. I think GSP at this point, he's, he's three years retired. I know he still trains. He's still in amazing shape. He would still probably beat most guys in the UFC. Let's be honest here. It's GSP. But, you know, Habib being so much younger now and Habib having other options and other guys to fight, I don't know if this fight makes any sense anymore, you know? It could still happen. Obviously, I'd watch if it happened, but I don't think it's as, like, enticing as it once was a few years ago. Now, the comment I thought was interesting was GSP talking about Israel Adesanya. He called him a perfect fighter, which I thought was really interesting. High praise from GSP, former middleweight champ himself, former welterweight champion. It doesn't get much better than that if you're Israel, right? Getting GSP saying, you're a perfect fighter. As far as what Israel's doing inside the cage, it's amazing. I mean, I bet on this guy every single fight he's been in the UFC. I love this guy. He's an incredible fighter to watch. He's money. You know, he's a guy you don't bet against. He's a guy you bet on. It's like John Jones. You just bet on him and you win, even though the odds are never amazing. Although the last fight was kind of a gift when you think about it. I think it was minus 170, right? That was kind of a gift. But in general, I mean, Israel's a guy that is a very safe fighter to put your, your money with. And I love the guy. But I will say this, you know, inside the cage, amazing outside the cage not for me not for me guys honestly i don't really like his personality it's kind of weird some of the stuff he's been doing is really weird some of the stuff he said to john jones is kind of strange too bringing up his dead mom is so low i mean i know john his trash talk was was really dumb too some of the stuff he was saying but bringing the guys a dead mom up I, that really bothered me personally I, just that's something you don't do anyone who does that bring up dead family members that's super low his sure says he doesn't like izzy but uh he puts his money on. <laughs> he can't put his money on. Come on. Bet on the guy. Adam, which app to use the pop out and showcase on your screen and viewer comments? I want to do that too. Actually, I think you just click on it and it just it just pops up. James told me that. I had James on my show like a couple months ago and he told me to do that and I've been doing it ever since. Hey, Cole. Kenny Wood, Sefford, UFC 254, 140 pound catch weight. Interesting fight. I'll talk about that a little bit later then. Kenny versus Wood. But I'm glad they finally booked that. It was just weird how it got reported by MMA Heat. And then it took another couple of days. I think Mike Hack just reported it on Twitter. So good for him to, to break the news. But it's just bizarre how that fight got reported before either guy knew about it. I'm glad they were able to get it done, though. It is a great fight. And Cole, me and you will be breaking down that fight in, like, what, two weeks from now? I can't wait to break down that fight. That fight could be fight of the night. Kenny and Wood, whew, whew, great fight, man. Two young guys with a lot of really good skills on the feet and on the ground. That's going to be an amazing fight. UFC cut three fighters yesterday, and really no surprise here. Now, the one guy they cut, Ben Sassoli, this guy is a dumbass who knocked a guy out of a bar, broke, literally broke the guy's jaw, and apparently the guy, uh, he's had to drink out of a straw for six months, which is just really upsetting. So this guy was sentenced 22, year, 22 uh, months, sorry, not 22 years, 22 months for assault, breaking the dude's jaw. The UFC cut him, understandably, and Ben Sassoli, 
you know, he's kind of a running joke. I mean, look at his record. It's it's terrible in, in the UFC Ultimate Fighter and, and Contender Series. If you combine the three, his run in Ultimate Fighter UFC Contender Series, oh, and two, and two no contest. That is terrible. That is awful. And to me, this is not a big loss for the UFC at all. This guy is not very exciting. And, uh, you know, a guy that clearly is a violent individual. I mean, what he did is is very dangerous. And I saw some people kind of defending it, saying, you know, it's just a bar fight. He broke the guy's jaw and, and put him into the hospital. I mean, that's super dangerous. Mike Perry's lucky when he got in the bar fight that that didn't happen to that guy he punched. And that, imagine that happened. Another thing about the Mike Perry thing is, remember the UFC suspended him? What did that suspension even do? He's already he's gonna fight in November. He's fighting next month. They barely suspended him. And Kinshiro is asking about the comments here. Kinshiro, just if you actually click on the comment in the StreamYard app, it, it should jump on the screen. Um, the other two guys they caught, really no surprise. The guy we talked about the other day, Daquan Townsend. And you know, I feel bad for this guy because we talked about his story a little bit. Daquan Townsend, man, rough, rough run for this guy in his personal life. His brothers were both murdered in a random act of violence in Lansing, Michigan in August. And of course, this guy's also had some issues with USADA as far as cocaine goes, which drug of abuse. Um, he says he's not into it, but it somehow got into his system. And of course, you know, most importantly, this guy's son died five years ago at age four from cancer. So, I mean, this poor guy, man, I feel really bad for this dude. And last week we talked about this fight with Dusko. And, and as soon as we did the show and I read the article, I didn't read it beforehand. I felt so bad because I, I, I honestly wasn't the nicest during my breakdown of this guy. Because let's be honest, his UFC run was really bad. Own four, he got finished twice, including by Dusko in his last fight. But with everything the guy's going on in his personal life, I totally understood why the UFC matchmakers gave him another fight. They gave him another chance. Unfortunately, he lost. He got cut. I don't think he'll be back. This is a guy that might end up just retiring and doing something else with his life. Um, you know, I got to feel bad for the dude, though. And again, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, we're, we're in here breaking down fights, but sometimes, like, the human side takes over, too, and you, you got to look into that as well. So I feel bad for this guy, but unfortunately, it is a business, and the UFC cannot keep guys with 0-4 records that have been getting KO'd in their fights. So he's been cut. The other fighter was called was Nadia Kassem, who is not like anything great by any means. She is 24-year-old fighter, just one and one, or sorry, she's one and two in the UFC. She beat Alex Chambers, and then she lost back-to-back -back fights to Montana De La Rosa and Jilon Kim, including the last fight by KO to the body. So she got finished in that fight. And she got cut after this one. The only thing that's weird about this is that fight was literally one year ago, October 6, 2019, on the Izzy uh, Whitaker card, which can't believe it's been a year from now, but uh yeah she got cut after that it's just it, it's like one of those things where shouldn't they have cut her before to give her a chance to like find another promotion to fight that it's kind of weird right the other thing about her that's kind of strange is she actually had a fight scheduled for last uh in august against miranda granger the fight didn't happen and now she gets cut so i don't know if she asked for a release or or she had weight issues or what happened but she's not on the ufc anymore and honestly i don't think it's like a massive loss by any means this is, I want to talk about this one, Trevin Jones. Okay, so Trevin Jones is a bantamweight fighter in the UFC. He fought once in the UFC in August in the Shabazian Brunson card. He took the fight in super short notice, like two or three days. He flew from Guam to Vegas, and he fought Timur Valiant. And he was like a plus 500 underdog or something like that. He was getting absolute tool. We remember this fight, guys. This is an amazing comeback. He was getting destroyed by Valiant in the first round. Body shots everywhere. I remember tweeting about him, like, oh, my God, how is this guy taking these shots to the body? Valiev gassed out, and he finished the fight in the second round. If I'm not mistaken, it's the same fight, the same card that had the Agapova-Dobson fight. So there was a couple of big upsets in that card, if I'm not mistaken. 
So anyways, this guy wins the fight. He gets a bonus for a second round finish. Amazing finish. Everyone's talking about this guy after like, wow, what a finish. Trevin Jones. And I actually went to his Instagram. I was checking it out yesterday. He's got a hilarious video with John Jones. He goes, oh, I found my cousin, John Jones. They're not actually cousins, but they got the same last name, but super cool. And apparently John was, uh, John saw the fight and John was like, man, what an amazing comeback. So that's cool for this dude. Now here's the problem. He tested positive for marijuana, which as you guys know, I'm Canadian. It's legal here. To me, it's not a big deal whatsoever. And to be honest, it's legal. I think it's legal in Nevada, isn't it? Now, the problem is the Nevada State Athletic Commission still has these old school dinosaur rules where you cannot smoke weed. This isn't a USADA thing. This was a Nevada State Athletic Commission thing. A few months ago, a few fighters tested positive for marijuana. Tim Elliott, Luis Pena, Jamal Hill. Pena uh, and Elliott both had lost their fights to Connell Worthy and Brandon Royville, respectively. So they didn't have their fights overturned. Jamal Hill did, though. He had a knock in over Clinton Abreu overturned to no contest due to the uh, marijuana use. And now the same thing's happened to Trevin Jones. He's lost his win on his resume in his UFC debut over Valley. It's a no contest. He was fined $1,800 and he's been suspended four and a half months. On his Instagram, he says he'll be back in January. And he also said, thanks to the UFC for investing in me. So they must know about this. And I guess he's figured it out with the UFC, but here's the problem. And I'm a little bit worried for this guy. And I'll tell you guys why. The UFC hand out bonuses after the fights. These Bonuses are not given to the fighters until their post-fight drug tests are completed. Marijuana, I don't believe is a PED by any means. I don't think it's really even a drug by any means. So I would hope that the UFC lets him keep his bonus. But in 2013, Pat Healy tested positive for marijuana when he fought Jim Miller. He won the fight by submission. He won fight of the night and he won submission of the night. He won $130,000 in bonuses. His bonus money was taken away by Dana White, who said Pat Healy did himself dirty. I was reading about this yesterday again. I remember this back in the day. I was so angry about it. Pat Healy lost $130,000. Pat Healy talked about that. I remember years ago, seven years ago now, he said that he was at a, like a reunion, high school reunion or something. Someone passed him a joint. He had a little bit in the system and unfortunately tested positive, lost his bonus money. Will the UFC take away Trevor Jones's bonus money? I hope not, but there's definitely a chance, guys. And it would be so shitty if that happened to this poor guy. I'm sure he's already been spending it or planning to spend it, you know? $50,000 bonus is life-changing for anyone. For me, it'd be life-changing. For you guys, it'd be life-changing. For a guy like Trevin Jones, who just had his first fight in the UFC, it'd be life-changing. I really hope Dana White, Sean Shelby, UFC, they're, they're not going to take the money from this guy. But, you know... With what happened to Pat Healy, I think there's definitely a chance this guy could lose his money. So I, I feel bad if that happens. I'd like to see someone follow up with him. I don't really have a contact, but I'd like to see someone ask Dana White about that maybe at, at Fight Island and ask him if they plan on taking the bonus or just letting him have it. Um, I really hope they just let the guy keep it. It's just weed. It's just weed. It's not like that enhances performance. Was it because he smoked weed a month before the fight or two weeks before, whatever it was, that's why he was able to come back and win? No. He came back and won because he had better cardio. Kenshiro says, so who doesn't have a girlfriend anymore? So I hope he fights Volkanovski the third title, 145. Volkan would fight anyone. When did that happen? When did Cejudo break up with his girlfriend? Really? Oh, okay. Well, you know, I do believe that, uh, that, that what Sean O'Malley said, I think, actually had something to do with that. I think he was having a little bit of fun. And he's like, you know what? I want to live my life. And his girlfriend's, she's a really pretty girl, Brazilian chick. Um, I didn't know that they broke up. I'll have to, I guess, look into that a little bit more. But, I mean, I'd love to see Henry fight again. I don't think he's even close to being done. His last fight was amazing. His last couple of fights were amazing. He's in the prime of his career. I think he'll fight again. 
Kevin Scott, weed should be treated the same as alcohol. I believe the rules are the same. The issue is that Texas Moyers all have whack for weed. Yeah, no doubt about it. And here's the thing. You don't want a guy going into the cage high, obviously. If a guy's smoking a drawer and hitting a bong in the back or eating an edible and then going in the cage, don't do that. Do not do that. Don't do that. But if you smoked a week before or two weeks before, that's not affecting your performance in the fight. Come on, right? So, yeah, I think it's just really ancient, really dinosaurish, and I don't like it. You know, again, I'm Canadian. It's legal here. Everyone smokes weed. You know, ever, ever. I've been growing up, you know, I've lived here my whole life. All my friends growing up smoked weed. You know, most of their parents smoked weed. It's just a very common thing here. I know a little different situation maybe because I am Canadian compared to some other, you know, places in the world where it's very, there's a lot more stigma attached to it. But to me, if this guy, if he, again, if he smoked in the back when he was warming up and then went in the cage, no. But if it was a week or two before, who cares? But you're right, Kevin, the detection window is all out of whack. Again, it's, you saw it would not have suspended him for this, but the Nevada State Athletic Commission didn't. It's just scummy of them. They took 1800 bucks from this guy too. Like you couldn't use that 1800 bucks. Kinsura says, check to his Instagram. His girlfriend suddenly disappeared from his feeds. I actually just Googled it, and he says, uh, there's an article here that says it was just too much. And uh, I'll check it up. There's, here's what he says on his recent breakup. Oh, okay. I didn't know that, actually. So I guess he did break up with her. It's too bad. I want to see him fight again. So if it took him breaking up with his girl to come back to the UFC, all by all means, bring Henry Sudo back. I'm telling you guys, he's not done. And I really do believe that he can actually win a third belt. The Volkanovski fight, Volkanovski's an amazing fighter. He is so good. He's not a big dude. I think Cejudo matches up decently well, and he'll have the speed advantage too, and arguably power advantage in that fight. So I would absolutely love to watch that fight. That'd be a good one. All right, let's go to some other news here. Um, Mark Coleman. Mark Coleman, man. Mark Coleman's one of the greatest ever. Mark Coleman's a legend. Mark Coleman's the man. I love Mark Coleman. The Godfather, Ground and Pound, the Hammer. The first UFC heavyweight champion, the Pride heavyweight Grand Prix champion, Mark the Hammer Coleman. You would have never expected this guy to be the victim of sexual assault, right? Crazy. So story came out today, uh, this week. Actually, he has talked about this in the past, but I feel like no one really um, picked up on it because he didn't mention this a few years ago. But recently, there was an article done by Sports Illustrated about this guy, Dr. Richard Strauss, this scumbag, horrible monster doctor at Ohio State University, who committed suicide 15 years ago, he was responsible for the sexual assault of hundreds of athletes. Um, you got to read the story, man. We have it at bjpen.com. Mark Coleman opens up about sexual assault. Go check it out. It's just terrible to listen to. Honestly, it really bothered me. You know, I'll pull it up here on the on the. Uh, let's pull it up here because this article is important. You know. It's something that we don't want to talk about, but it's important. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just looking at it right now, and and it's just he's talking about. It. He says this guy, Doctor Strauss. He says he examined me pretty good. He said basically, Mark Holman was at uh, Miami, Ohio, and he transferred to Ohio State University in his senior year. He was an All-American wrestler. He was chasing the Olympic uh, team, and obviously ended up being an MMA fighter for 20 years, and he was amazing. He says he examined me pretty good. It was an eye opener. I don't want to go further than that. They were asking about the first time he ever met Dr. Strauss during a physical examination. Apparently, this guy, not even apparently, he literally he fondled genitalia of men. And it wasn't just like a, you know, grabbing their their uh, testicles during a physical. This guy was fondling them. Not only that, but he was having showers with the athletes and he was watching them shower too. The guy's a super big creep. Um, and you know, you read about the story and it's just, it, it's really sad. You know, you look at the nicknames and he would call Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Jellyfingers, Dr. Balls, Dr. Nuts, Dr. Doctor Doors. 
this this story writing the story actually it, it, it made me sad it made, it made me really sad to write but i felt it was important to write and obviously i didn't do the interview with mark um the sports illustrated guys didn't they, they did an amazing job because this is extremely difficult subject matter it's very difficult it's hard to get a guy like mark coleman to talk about it but you got to read the quotes here because People were asking, and I read the comments on Facebook because I, I want to read. Most people were supportive. Some people thought it was funny. Some people said, ha, you know, a guy like that, a big guy who's a UFC fighter got sexually assaulted. That's really funny. Like, people are so sick in their brains. They think that's funny. That's not funny at all. Mark Holm was a 19, 20-year-old kid who had a scholarship at school and who wanted to make the Olympics. He didn't want to screw that up. That's why he let this happen. That's why the other athletes let it happen. There was a big running joke at OSU that – you're going to go see Dr. Strauss if you're if you're being a bad kid. You know, if you're not doing your homework, you're not showing up to practice on time, you're going to go see Dr. Strauss. Guy's a huge, bad scumbag, just a terrible guy, and he, and he destroyed many lives. Um, Ohio State University actually gave out $40 million in restitution this year to the victims. So I, I hope Mark was part of that. I hope he got some money. I know he's had some financial issues the last few years, which is extremely sad to hear because he is one of the greatest of all time, and he's had some financial issues. But, you know, it in the early part of the sport, he wasn't making as much money as they are now. But, you know, you look at the quotes, some of the quotes he says, we never thought, because there was a big running joke between the athletes. He says, we never thought a man could sexually abuse a man. We just played it off. We joked about it. I don't think we were really joking. He said, the guy controlled my future. We all put up with it. For me, it was just like, just clear me so I can go win an NCAA title and make the Olympic team. People said, why would you let the little man do this? Well, it's complicated. You felt powerless. I wasn't going to stir shit up, punch Dr. Strauss in the face and risk everything. It's really sad. And you just continue reading and, you know, Mark was saying, I don't know how bad uh, it was affecting me, he says, at the time. But he says, I look back and I was very angry. I went to practice very angry a lot of times, storming in a wrestling room and screaming. I was confused, funny as well. It's good to be angry. I'm going to have a hell of a practice, kick someone's ass. He said, but now I know it wasn't good and, and I realized why. And, you know, you get into the numbers here. 1,429 instances of inappropriate fondling and 49 instances of rape committed by Dr. Richard Sost. What an absolute monster. And what this guy did to these young athletes is disgusting. I really commend Mark Holm for speaking about this. It's so brave of him, honestly. Most people wouldn't want to do that. Most people would not want to put their name out there. Mark Coleman's a badass. He's 55 years old now, and he's still a badass. Love the guy, man. Seriously. Mark Coleman, absolute legend. Kevin Scott, Nick Diaz, Iverscomi might actually been performance enhancing that thing, might make him care less about his broken orbital. So that fight, Nick Diaz submitted technically going with a global platter, which it's still one of the greatest submissions of all time. Of course, it was overturned to a no contest. But I remember at the time, and I think it was Keith Kaiser, who was an Nevada State Athletic Commission at the time. I remember reading the comments because it made me so angry. And I was I was a young 20-year-old guy, and I was totally into the whole plot thing back then. And I was like, oh man, like this is so bad because the commissioner was like, you were high that night and, you know, you had, uh, you were, you had the ability to absorb punishment. That's exactly what they said to him. Seriously, go back and read the quotes from the commissioner back then, 2007, 2008, something like that. I don't think so, man. I mean, maybe it made him more creative and got the gold platter, but you know, Nick, Nick's a guy that's obviously had substance abuse problems. I don't think it's just weed with him either. He's got some other issues going on, but you gotta love Nick Diaz. I just don't think that weed's a performance enhancing drug. Um, I do think it can maybe help with recovery. It could help with sleep. I don't think it helps with someone's performance inside the MMA cage. Not at all. Marcus, did you hear Tony's interview with Tony Ferguson's interview with Ariel? Dave Joe, what are your thoughts on Tony's comments? Seems like he wants to get paid more, huh, Marcus? And it's crazy that the UFC doesn't want to open up the checkbook for him and Dustin Poirier. That fight needs to happen, man. That fight's such a good fight. Now, I think what they need to do is maybe just instead of putting a co-main event, maybe you should headline a card with it. I think fans would pay to watch that fight. Like, 
it's almost like that BMF fight with Masvidal and Diaz, right? Like it's that echelon of fight, upper echelon elite fighters. I would love to see that fight personally. Um, I'm a big fan of Tony and Dustin. I think they're both incredible fighters. I'd love to see them get paid. I understand it's a pandemic right now. It's very difficult to ask anyone for a raise. Like I can't go and ask my boss for a raise. Do I want a raise? Yeah, I think I deserve a raise. I can't ask for it right now. No one can really. It's very difficult to. In most businesses, it seems like guys are getting asked to take pay cuts. Um, in this case, I feel like they're just asking them to stay in the state of the course. Now, the comment that I agree with with Tony a lot actually is about Michael Chandler. Now, I love Michael Chandler. He's such a great fighter. I'm so happy he's in the UFC now. This is incredible. I think he's gonna have a nice run. Having said that, the fact that he got that backup spot over guys like Ferguson and Poirier kind of bothers me. You know, they haven't been working as hard. Uh, they've been working their, their asses off in the UFC for 10 years each. Michael Chandler hasn't even fought in the UFC yet. He shouldn't be in that situation. Michael Chandler, he I'd love to see him fight in that card. He's just a backup right now. I hope they can get him a matchup. I'd like to see him fight a guy like Paul Felder, Charles Oliveira, Benil Daru, someone in that 5-10 to 10 range. I don't believe he deserves a title shot. I don't believe he deserves to be in that title mix right now. He needs at least a win or two. At least one win. At least one win. Come on. It would just be really messed up if a guy at Ferguson has been trying to get a title shot for like 10 years. And he, hey, no, he lost to Gage. He got KO'd. But come on. He's been waiting so long for that shot. Or, or Poirier, who's been kind of up and down. He did have a shot against him. He even lost. But I personally would like one of those guys to get that backup spot. I don't think it should have been Chandler. I love Michael Chandler, guys. He's an amazing fighter. I think we all love him. I can't help but look at a guy like Will Brooks who brought got brought to the UFC and there was a lot of hype behind him. Will Brooks actually beat Michael Chandler twice. That's an underdog. I remember those those fights in Belter. The first one, he, he kind of like hurt him with a punch and Chandler had this weird reaction to it and the fight got stopped. And then I think he won decision in the other fight. He flamed out the UFC. We'll have to see with Michael Chandler. I think Chandler's a much better fighter, but we'll see. I mean, maybe he's going to come in and get KO'd in his first fight. Then again, maybe he might come in here and get a big knockout. I hope they match him with someone really good. I just don't think you should be in that title mix. Just based on principle alone, really. I, I just feel like a guy like Ferguson Emporia, who's been grinding for so long in the octagon, should be a little bit higher in the rankings. And, and I think they should have got a little bit more respect for Dane and the matchmakers, in my opinion. Kevin says, I wish they would make certain fights five rounds. I agree with this completely. Even if not main event or title fight, Tony Poirier Chandler fights need to be five rounds. Ulster shouldn't be forced under random fight nights. Bang on. Bang on. It's so true. Like, it's weird, right? Like a fight like Tony and, and Poirier, which essentially would be a title eliminator. If it's on 254, it's not going to be now because there's not enough time to do that. But just say it was, it would have been three rounds. But a fight like Michelle Waterson and Angela Hill's five rounds, and it was a good fight, but what did it mean as far as the title picture? Nothing. So to me, it's it, it's kind of weird the, the, the way they do it. And I know that sometimes, you know, cards get mixed up, and that wasn't the main event originally, the, the Hill and Waterson fight, but – that fight didn't need to be really five rounds. A fight like Poirier versus Chandler or Poirier versus Ferguson or Ferguson versus Chandler, those fights need to be five rounds. And unfortunately, unless it's the main event, it's not going to be five rounds or if it's for a title. So I'm with you on that, Kevin. It shouldn't be on a final finite card. Maybe an ESPN, a big ESPN card possibly. But to me, I think you could actually headline a pay-per-view with that card, with that fight. I really do. I think people would pay to watch that fight. Kevin says, Chandler's introduction into the UFC should be similar to Gaethje's or a level competition. I agree with this too. I mean, Gaethje actually had an arguably an, an even more impressive run in WSOF. He was amazing, knocking everyone out. He got Michael Johnson in his first fight. Michael Johnson at the time, he's struggling now. But at the time, he was like a, a, a top 15 guy, not a top 5 guy, but a top 15 guy. 
and that was a perfect matchup. And actually, he did give uh, Gaethje some problems in that fight. He eventually got the finish, Gaethje, and it was an amazing fight. One of the best debuts ever, probably. It was an incredible fight. He won two bonuses for that fight. But that's the kind of level of guy that Chandler should be fighting. So I think you should fight like a guy like Paul Felder. Again, Benil Dariush. Someone like that, Ally Quinta. Um, Donald Cerrone. Someone like that, guys. Like a top 15 guy, but not a top five guy. He's not going to get that. He's probably going to get a really elite guy, which, again, is it's kind of unfair. A guy like Charles Oliveira, he's won, what, seven, eight straight fights by stoppage? He can't get a big fight. But Neil Darius is knocking everyone out in the UFC. He can't get a big fight. But this guy comes in the UFC and gets a big fight. Again, it's probably something where it was in his contract that they didn't want Bellator to match. And part of the clause was he gets, like, a, a title shot in his first fight or a title eliminator. And then Bellator probably couldn't match that. I remember, I think, there, this happened before with the guys like uh, – Pettis and Melendez and all these guys when they sign their, their offer sheets, maybe not Pettis, but Melendez for sure. I remember he had some stuff in his contract that Bellator couldn't match um, a lot of these guys. So uh, it's interesting, but I'm with you, Kevin. I think that uh, I don't think you should fight for the belt. Eduardo Flores. Hey, Eduardo, how's it going? This is an old uh, parting shot uh, listener. This is awesome. Thoughts on UFC promoting first ever MMA card in France. Obviously shot Bellator. I saw that UFC's got a lower fight pass. Ariel kind of took a shot at them as well. Yeah, I mean, they're saying it's the first card on Fight Pass, but again, we've—I just showed you there's been cards in France already, so it's—it's kind of—it's misleading. It's extremely misleading, actually. It's not even kind of. It's very misleading. The fact they're talking about that as the first MMA show in France—it's not true. There's been shows in France already. Um, it's cool that Bellator actually beat the UFC there. UFC should have been in France already, but you know, I can see why uh, Bellator is happy about that. But at the same time, there's been other cards, so it's kind of—it's—it's not right. But they're saying it's the first card. And Eduardo says thoughts on Carlos Felipe's win and Chase Sherman. That that fine, that's fine with me. I don't mind that. I think Chase is probably a little bit lower ranked. I, I'm not saying DeCastro is amazing by any means, but the fact that Felipe did beat him in that co-main event, worst co-main event ever, should help him out. Um, he is just one and one in the UFC, and he did lose his speed back in his first fight. So I'm not super high on him, Eduardo. I, I, he did look good in the last fight, but I'm just not convinced Jorgen DeCastro is really a UFC caliber heavyweight. Honestly, thanks for answers, of course. All right, so as far as news goes, I pretty much got everything. I talked about Benza Soli already as well. Um, talking about some fight announcements now. Uh, I'll talk about the one Cole mentioned earlier. Where is that comment? Uh, here it is. Kenny versus Wood. I love this fight, guys. I really do. Casey Kenny and Nathaniel Wood. I'm glad they really get done. You know, looking at their resumes, Casey Kenny, 15-2-1, and, and he's only uh, 29 years old. He's in his prime, and he's looked amazing. You see 4-1 coming off a great win over Haile Alatang. Didn't get the finish in that fight, but come on. I mean, you saw how much damage he did to that guy. Nathaniel Wood is a very interesting prospect, too. Only 27. They call him the prospect. He is 4-1 in the SC. Two guys with 4-1 records. They're prospects. You don't see matchmaking like this too often, but I love it. I love it. Sink or swim, guys. Sink or swim. You know, a, a division like this, there's so many good fighters that they have to make fights like this between two uh, really elite prospects. Wood's fighting against John Castaneda. I know Castaneda... Uh, I think he took it on short notice, and he, he's not really a great fighter, but the way he beat him on the feet was very impressive to me. I think this is a great fight, guys. I think people will probably favor Kenny based on the last performance. It's more fresh in their minds, and it was really impressive, but I think Nathaniel would come in this fight, too. To me, it's like an even fight. I, I think it's a very close fight. Uh, again, I do believe uh, Casey Kenny will probably be favored a little bit in this fight, but I think Nathaniel Wood, you cannot count him out. I think it's a super, super close fight. Can't wait to watch it. A uh, fight that someone asked about earlier, I think it was Ken, or uh, Marcus asked about this one. Corey Anderson against Melvin Manhoff. I only got a few minutes left, but I want to talk about these fights here. Corey Anderson versus Melvin Manhoff. Bizarre matchmaking, right? I, I honestly don't like the matchup at all. 
Corey Anderson is one of the top 10 light heavyweights in the world. You look at his resume, he did lose to Jan in his last fight with KO, but Jan's a champ now. That's not a bad loss. And before that, you look at the win streak he had Johnny Walker, Glover Teixeira. Like, those are huge wins. Those are, Glover Teixeira is a top three guy in the world in UFC right now. So that's a massive win looking back. And of course, uh, the Johnny Walker fight was very surprising. So to me, and he also has a win over Jan Blachowicz too from 2015. So Corey Anderson's an underrated guy. He got cut because his style is not the most exciting. And he asked, he asked for his release too. So it was mutual. I just don't understand this Melvin Manhoff fight. I know Melvin. Okay, so Melvin was supposed to fight this weekend. I would have previewed his card, but his fight on this card. But his opponent got injured or something. He got pulled from the, the event. He's going to fight a month later. The thing about Melvin is, and he is a knockout artist. You look at his resume, MMA, 32-14-1 in two-no contests. I mean, he's been around forever. His first fight was in 1995. So I have a lot of respect for Melvin Manhoff. Watched him for years in Strikeforce, Dream. Um, Wine, KSW, now Bellator. He's coming off two straight wins, too, by knockout over, uh, or one by knockout, Yannick Bahadi, and then he beat Ken Koppenin. Um, overall, Bellator's 4 3 and 1 no contest since uh, joining Bellator in 2014, but 44 years old against 31 for Corey Anderson. This is an easy fight for Corey Anderson, in my opinion. As long as he doesn't keep it standing, if he stands and strikes with Mayhoff, he'll probably get KO'd. But Melvin Mayhoff doesn't have a great chin. He's been knocked out a lot. He does have 29 wins by knockout, but five by knockout himself. And he's been submitted seven times. Corey takes him down and grinds him out for a boring decision, I think. This is not really the fight I would have booked. I don't think it's a good introduction fight because I think fans are in belt. The Bellator fans that don't really know Corey might think he's kind of just a boring wrestler. And I think he's a little bit better than that. I think Corey's kind of turned the page as far as his excitement factor goes. I just don't like the matchmaking here at all. I'm completely with you, Marcus. Bizarre. Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady. I love this fight. This is another fight that's happening. Great fight. Bilal Muhammad, really underrated fighter. I was looking at his record yesterday. He's not a top 15 guy, but he's 8-3 in the UFC, and he's right there between behind the top 15 guys, coming off three straight wins, including a nice uh, win over Lyman Good in his last fight. Takes on Sean Brady here, who's a great prospect, 27 years old, perfect 13-0, including 3-0 in the UFC, beat Cor McGee, beat Islam Dardiev, and then beat Christian Aguilera by technical submission. In August, he looked amazing in that fight. I like Sean Brady in this matchup, guys. I like Bilal Muhammad a lot. I don't think this is a good matchup for him. Sean Brady, a little bit younger, a little fresher, a little bit more dangerous in my opinion. Uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Arnold Allen's another fight. Uh, and you know, this was interesting. Jeremy Stevens, obviously, he's been around forever, 13 years in the UFC. And he's been really inconsistent, though. You look at his resume. I looked at it yesterday. 15-17 in one no contest. So he's got a losing record. More often than not, he's losing his fights. And he's got a sample size of 33 fights now. Coming off of back-to-back uh, -back losses to Yair Rodriguez and Calvin Cater, including a brutal knockout loss to Cater. Obviously, he's always an exciting fighter. He's going to be in the roster forever as long as he fights. But Arnold Allen, 26 years old. He's on a nine-fight win streak. He's coming off of seven straight wins in the UFC, including a win over Nick Lenz in his last fight. And he's also beat a couple guys to talk about today, Alan Omer and Mads Brunel. I expect Arnold Allen to be favored in this fight. And the last one here is Alex Oliveira against this guy, Shavdat Rakhmanov. Cowboy Oliveira, another guy I've been writing about a couple times this week just because he had called out Kamzat. He's got a nice record in the UFC. He's underrated, man. 11-5 and one no contest. Super underrated fighter in the UFC. And he takes on – he's coming off back-to-back -back wins, by the way, over Peter Sabat and Max Griffin. He takes on this guy, Shavdat Kat Rakhmanov, who's super impressive and he's undefeated. I think he's 12-0 in his career and, and a lot of his wins by KO. Um, Oliveira deserves respect, but I think this Rackwindow guy is super dangerous. Last comment here, guys. Marcus Williams always gets the last word. I love it. Have you seen UFC file and declassify it? Recommend watching it. It was good. I've watched a little bit of it, Marcus. I need to watch more of it. But, yeah, from what I've seen, very eye-opening, very interesting.
Really appreciate you guys joining me today, man. Really appreciate it, guys. Seriously, I love the support. I love all everyone that joins me every Tuesday and Thursday. I really appreciate you guys. You have no idea. I appreciate it. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Martin. The podcast is available at maaltsburger.com uh, slash YouTube. And we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, everywhere you can find your podcasts. I'm also available, of course, at bjpen.com and mmarings.net, where I recommend you check out my article on a couple of opponents for Carlos Condit. Hope everyone has an amazing weekend. If you're Canadian, have a great Thanksgiving. I will be back Tuesday at 10 a.m. with Cole Sheldon to recap this weekend's card and preview the next one. Have an amazing weekend, guys. Hope you enjoyed Bellator and enjoy the UFC. 